Hey, Tom, you're our sales pro. Tell us about your podcast. Do you have many boomers that are that are rebels? Believe it or not, one of my one of my first clients was a boomer. Bert, I want you to turn me into a rebel today. I'm a Philly girl. I listen to Rocky, and I'm going up those stairs, man, and I could do anything. And I came back from corporate, and I sat at the desk, and I actually had to do sales, and I was mortified. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today for OK Bloomer, Teach Me Sales. I'm Kelly Bloomer. And I'm Tom Bloomer. OK, Tom, you're our sales pro. In 30 words or less, can you tell us about this podcast? I'm going to try. You know, us salespeople like to talk, Kelly. You sure do. All right, 30 words or less. Can you do it? Well, if you're a sales pro and you're looking to grow in your sales career, if you like good, lively sales discussion, I think this is going to be a show for you. I've walked your walk for over 30 years in sales. I've knocked on the doors and overcome the same obstacles I think you may be facing as a seller, a sales manager, and as a VP of sales. I currently help assess, build, and train high-performing media sales teams. Welcome. Yeah, you really went over 30 words. Okay, Tom, who's the boomer we're talking to today? Well, aren't you going to ask why we have a glass of wine out with the podcast today? I just figured you wanted wine. So, Tom, why do we have a glass of wine right now? We're kicking off season three, Kel. Oh, very nice. Very and nice. Season three is going to take us right to the end of our first year. Okay. Before you know it, we're going to have 52 episodes under our belt. Wow, that's crazy, huh? You never thought I'd do it, did you? No, I didn't I, think it would go on so long, but it's wonderful that it is. I, I didn't think you'd still want to be doing it with me. Hey, things can change. You never know. No, this is a good thing. <laughs> we're, we're pretty happy. Yes, we are. Uh, Kel, I'm very excited. We're kicking off season three. I want to thank those listeners who've been with us from the beginning. You know, I, I really think that as we develop through each season, we're, we're learning a little bit more. Hopefully the show is getting better. We had some amazing guests in season two. Yes, we did. Um, a couple of things that we started in season two, we're going to be continuing the the panel uh, episodes. They were fun. We've gotten some great feedback. They were a blast. Mm -hmm. I, I think all things being equal, I would love to just do those every week. I mean, they yeah. were a lot of fun. We've got to talk to some great people. Um, we're, we're getting into some really good interviews. We already have three or four that are set up here for season three. Um, starting off with today's, we've got Colin Mitchell. Colin is the Chief Revenue Officer of SalesCast, which is a company that helps businesses with uh, podcasting. Okay. And Colin, he's one of my favorite podcast hosts. His podcast is called The Sales Hustle. Okay. And, you know, I only found it, I don't know, a few months ago, but I've learned so much just listening to the way he interviews and the type of guests that he has. Mm -hmm. um, so he, I, I think he's the perfect guest for us to kick off season three with. And, and we're going to have a lot of these interviews. We're going to get back to talking everything sales. Okay. Uh, we want it to be a very well-rounded show for anyone who's thinking sales. We want to go back to the way we started. Good sales discussion, lively sales debate, and then a, a, just a lot of fun. Because life is sales. Life is sales, Kelly. And and we want everybody to walk away with a takeaway. Um, we're adding some some Q&A sessions in season season three that okay. I think are going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're we're going to be bringing in our first ever live episode coming live. this fall. Live. 
That's scary. Yeah, I, I might need a new outfit. Are you going to get a new outfit for that one? Sure. Why I, not? I think we're going to put it on YouTube, too. Interesting. So, so listeners, pay attention, especially those in the uh, Raleigh Triangle. You may want to attend our first live taping. Uh, but we've got a lot of fun stuff. Let's uh, toast okay. to season three. Season three. Enjoy, everyone. All right, let's listen. Uh, hey, everyone. We are really excited. Um, Colin Mitchell is joining us. Colin is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Sales Hustle. Um, hopefully, a lot of our listeners, if you're not already subscribed and listening, uh, as you go through today, you're going to want to find that. I think it's on all the sites, right? Is there anywhere they can't find that, Colin? Uh, no. They they anywhere you go, you're going to find you're going to find Sales Hustle, and we just hit episode 100. Fantastic! Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I I think, is that out yet? Because I'm only in the 90s. I've listened to a bunch, but I I have not seen triple digits yet. Yeah, episode 100 just went live on Monday. You know, I'm a little disappointed because you you know that I'm going to be on your show in a few. I I thought you would have said, hey, Tom, you're coming in here for the 100th episode, but I, I didn't get that nod. Well, you never know. We might do something special. Maybe we'll do Sales Hustle Live. Maybe... We'll have you kick off season two. I, I don't know. They'll have to tune in to find out, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and live works for me. I, I'd love a trip out to California right about now. So that, that'll, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, but you're, you're host of the uh, Sales Hustle podcast. You're the chief revenue officer of SalesCast. Um, our listeners are in, in for a treat because I am a sales trainer, a salesman by, by actual job description. That's what I've mm-hmm. you know, thrived on and done for years. Um, when it comes to podcasting, I'm, I'm an amateur. You know, I play around, I have fun. My daughter still laughs um, you know, as she goes through and, and still has no idea why I got into it. But we're gonna talk today about why people should get into podcasting. Um, but I'm going to take part of the day off because I have a professional podcaster here that I'm just going to tee you up and and you're going to run with it today. So this is going to be a nice, smooth show for me. Yeah, I'm excited. These are things I love talking about. So sales, podcasting go together extremely well, better than most people think. Um, and I believe everybody in sales should have a podcast. And I think that there's a common mistake that people think is like, I need to be a thought leader. I need to be executive, you know, level to have a podcast. And that's not true. Well, I kind of want them to think that temporarily. Do do you have to tell my listeners that (laughs) that you don't have to be a thought leader? Well, I think that a lot of people just kind of get scared about the fact that like, nobody's going to listen. Nobody cares what I have to say. All of these things of that people tend to tell themselves of why they shouldn't start a podcast. And it's because they're typically focusing on the wrong thing, right? They're typically focusing on listenership, followers, or likes and comments on social media. And those are nice. Like they make you feel good, but they're not going to drive revenue or help you hit quota. Right. And what does is relationships with the right people. And the podcast helps you get access to those people and build relationships with them in a meaningful way and create impactful content in the process. Yeah. You know, it's such a good point. It, it, it pretty much goes back to sales 101. You know, how you measure your performance as a seller, the things that should get you excited are 
signing new business, making a new relationship, talking to somebody new. Those are the metrics that really should be important to a seller. And you're telling us it's the same thing with a podcaster. But you know what? We, we jumped ahead a little bit and I'm excited because that's what yeah. I want to get into. But uh, why don't you share for our listeners a little bit of, of your story and yeah. um, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just got so excited about the topics. I, I jumped ahead good. a little bit there. Um, so yeah, I uh, start, you know, we go way back, right? So I, I grew up, was raised by a single mom. Um, there was four of us, all boys. And, you know, she did the best she could as a single mom that had to work and, you know, pay the bills and keep food on the table. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of a troubled kid a little bit, not kind of, I was pretty, I was a pretty troubled kid early on, got into trouble. Um, you know, pretty much that I'm really, it's, but, but go ahead. That's, I'm just not picturing. You don't have to act surprised. Tom. And were you, you, the, really were you the youngest? Were you the middle? Were you the oldest? I was the, I was the eldest. I was the eldest and, and by quite a bit. So my brothers, you know, were 10 years apart. So I was a only child for a long time. Um, and, and then, so you know, I didn't go to college. I barely made it through high school and there wasn't a lot of opportunities. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, I did this and I did that. And then I fell into sales or sales was my plan B or happened by accident and all of the common stories. And my story is like, there was nothing other than sales willing to give me a chance, you know, and I got that first sales job and, you know, I put everything I had into it and I didn't know, what was going to happen. I didn't know, I didn't have much expectations. I just knew that I grew up as a kid and we didn't have a lot of money and I didn't want to live that way. And, and so, and that looked like me being the first one in the office every day, you know, at four 30 or 5. AM that looked like me being the last one to leave the office every day at five or 6. PM that looked like me coming in on Saturdays to get my list ready and tight, you know, tie up any loose ends so that I can have a productive Monday. Um, and, and just soaking up anything and everything that I could in that environment. Some now, good, was, some bad. <laughs> was, was there a mentor or someone? Because those attributes, things you're talking about there, how, how did you know that those things were going to pay off? Yeah. You know, so my, my, my stepfather who, who, who worked at the company and got me the job after me really just um, hounding him for a long time, you know, because I was a irresponsible uh, young adult and he didn't really trust that I was serious or, or anything. So after bothering him for about, I don't know, close to a year and a half or two, he finally was willing to put his neck out there for me. And, um, and I, you know, just for that alone, I felt like, Hey, I gotta, I, you know, he kind of went out on a limb here for me and, you know, I don't want to make him look bad. And I think there's a real opportunity. I knew that he was having a lot of success and, I figured that maybe I could too. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, this was a small company. It was call center environment. Uh, we were selling aftermarket printing supplies to school districts and government agencies and some, you know, private companies and stuff like that. Um, and it was a lot of phone calls. It was a lot of cold calls. It was, you know, I learned a lot of good things in that first job and I learned a lot of bad things as well. You know, some very traditional old school sales techniques and tactics and, very treating people, you know, very transactionally and, you know, really caring about mostly my commission. Um, so I picked up some bad habits as a lot of people do early in sales. Um, and, 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 but I also picked up some good things, right? Like that work ethic, you know, and one of the things he told me when I first started was like, whatever you do, just outwork your competition. You know, there's a, these are things that they can buy from 
a lot of different, they have a lot of different options where they can buy these types of products and just outwork your competition. And that really stuck with me and it, it served me well. And I worked my way up to the top of that company and, and, and they promised me a managerial position and that never happened. And looking back, I probably wasn't ready, but I thought I was. Uh, so I left and took a VP of sales at a, um, at a competitor and, and built a team and, and learned some more business acumen and training folks and, you know, recruiting and, and things like that. And, uh, when I went to that company, I, I made a, a handshake deal with the owner. And I said, look, Hey, I will come here. I will bust my butt for you and I'll make you a ton of money. Um, but if I ever decide to leave, you know, I want to be able to leave and, and, and take my clients with me. <laughs> and he sure, no problem. Hey, he agreed to it. I mean, and, and he honored it when I left. So eventually, um, my, I, I, my wife was in recruiting and she was really unhappy with her job and we weren't married yet, but we were just dating. I said, why don't you come over here? And, you know, things are pretty good over here. I can kind of teach you this industry. Cause I think maybe we can start our own business one day. Uh, and, and she did, and she came over and really learned for about a year. And then we, we, the, you know, day came where I went to that owner of that company and said, Hey, you know, I've built this team for you. I've, you know, drove revenue and it's now time for me to leave. And, and, uh, and he respected that and, and, and held up to his end of the deal. And, um, I was able to walk away with, with a lot of my clients and start a business. And then we built an outbound sales team and, and drove that company to 5 million bucks in 26 months. That's, that's pretty phenomenal. That's, yeah. I, and it, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that had to do with your wife. She was a quick study and picked up real quick, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was good at everything that I was not. <laughs> that's, well, that's what makes a good team right there, but that's partnership. So. Yeah. And so, you know, early on, our first office was our, our, our living room uh, of our one bedroom apartment and we kept our expenses low and, and we worked a lot and, and then we got our first office and we outgrew that. And that was kind of the theme for a little while. And, um, and so then, Part of building that team, uh, I, part of building that team, we heavily relied on the phones, you know, so we had, um, let, you know, a outbound sales team and, and, uh, that was kind of how we generated business for the most part. And we had tons of problems with all these different phone systems. And I was extremely frustrated because that's how we made money. And I'd walk in and the sales team on the floor would be you know, pretty ticked off because they can use the phone or the phones were down or, you know, whatever, there was different issues. And, and there was a, um, a techie guy in, in, in the building named Luis. And he's like, I, I think I have a better solution for you. And so he, you know, I didn't know anything about, you know, VoIP or unified communications or anything like that. And so he, you know, threw a software on a virtual server and connected it to some, um, to some carriers and, and like, it worked extremely well. And then that was kind of my next business idea is like, I think there's more people who are equally frustrated as us and they might actually, you know, pay us to provide them with this type of service. And so that was sort of the first iteration of, of, uh, of the next company that I started. And, and then, uh, you know, we kind of started offering those to clients and, and, and they were, you know, very happy with it. And we've, you know, come a long way since that. And we have over 6,000 customers on that platform now. Um, and then, we're going to get to the, the good part here that I jumped ahead of fairly soon. Uh, and so then uh, while I was working on that, I uh, 
came across some content on LinkedIn from somebody who had done some marketing for me in the past. And he had a podcast and uh, I was really intrigued with what he was doing. And and his name's Chris Decker and he's my co-founder over at SalesCast. And, you know, I, uh, he was sharing types of content that I hadn't seen before, like being really real and authentic in a business setting and um, sharing, you know, parts of him that most people would be uncomfortable to. And I was intrigued. And I said, you know, what are you up to these days? And he said, well, I, I have a studio over here and I have a podcast and I'd love to have you come on the podcast. And I went into his studio, went on his show and I had a great experience. And I said, you know, I, I think I want to start one of these things called a podcast. Can you help me? And uh, he said, yeah, you interview whoever you want and I'll take care of the rest. And I said, look, I'm super busy. You know, I have three kids. I have, you know, multiple companies that I'm running. Um, and I could maybe do one or two episodes a month, but I think that's it. Like, can that work? And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you're comfortable with. And, and then, um, a very successful podcaster, uh, came along and squashed that idea and says, Oh no, you, you, you gotta do, you gotta do. I think, I can't remember if he said 10 or 20, I don't remember, but I think he said 20, you gotta do 20 episodes, record them and then release them daily. And then you'll get picked up in the, in the Apple podcast algorithm as the new noteworthy podcast. And I'm like, that sounds, just yeah, just 20. One just a day. 20. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, okay. He sounds like he knows what he's talking about <laughs> and he has a successful show. So he had credibility and I'm like, 20 sounds exhausting, but you know what? I'm up for the challenge. I love a challenge. I love a challenge. Like, you know, I've, I founded four different companies and I, I love the early startup you know, getting the first sale and building new relationships and partnerships and just making something, making nothing into something. I love that. So I'm like, I'll, t I'll take your challenge. I can do 20 episodes. We'll release them daily. And, uh, and what happened is we never let up on that frequency. And I did a daily podcast for 150 plus episodes of my first show. And it was a lot of fun. And beginning in the beginning of that, you know, you start to have a podcast and you start to release content on social media pretty consistently. And then people start to notice you and invite you on their shows and things like that. So somebody had invited me on his show and I was, you know, uh, still hadn't been on a ton of shows in that point. And I was, you know, pretty excited, never had talked to the guy hopped on the show. It was the worst experience ever. It was 15 minutes of rapid fire questions. It was very apparent. He was not interested in me or what I had to say. And immediately after we stopped recording, he tried to sell me some high ticket consulting package, <laughs> like immediately. Um, and it was clear. It was, you know, it was like the old, you know, numbers game, just throw it on the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And, and so uh, I'm like, wow, I kind of feel like I need to take a shower now. Uh, and, and, uh, and I'm like, and, but I, I, I kept thinking about it and I'm like, it's not a terrible idea. It was just extremely poor just execution. Before or after the shower, you thought maybe it's an okay. Idea. Well, I usually get my best ideas in the shower. So it was probably during the shower okay. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, it's actually not that it's not a terrible idea. It's actually a great idea. It was just executed extremely poorly. 
And what I mean by that is leveraging the podcast platform, like I mentioned earlier, to get access to people, to build relationships with people. Because people are so tired of seeing the same cold LinkedIn messages, spammy, salesy links, pushing for a meeting. You know, you've seen them. Mm -hmm. Um, Cold emails that are all about them and nothing about you that are so long that you don't even bother reading them. You just delete them right away or figure out, you know, gosh, how can I throw this in the spam filter? How can I unsubscribe here? Um, It blows my mind how many people are still using these approaches. And it almost kind of pisses me off a little bit because there's clearly people rewarding that behavior or they wouldn't be doing it still. Yeah. So, I mean, to some extent, I've, I've discussed this with some people. It's, it's a little bit of a numbers game, right? They must be getting enough results to think this is the way we conduct business, right? I mean, it's, yeah. if it never works, people would not still be doing it. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and so when, so basically when that happened, that's when it kind of hit me and, 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 and we had released those 20 episodes. I don't think we ever got listed in the new noteworthy and Apple podcasts. I don't think we did. I don't think we picked up any extra followers or listeners or anything. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Wasn't important. What was important is I now went on this crazy journey of interviewing 150 plus people. And I had great relationships with great people. And if you're in sales or you're an entrepreneur, you run a business or whatever, if you relationships are the core of what you do. And so if you're very strategic about the types of people that you have on your show and you give them a good experience, and there's a lot of things that mean giving them a good experience. I mean, it starts all the way from the very beginning was the scheduling process easy, right? Or was it a back and forth message of trying to, you know, was it a lot of work? Did they ask too many questions, you know? Um, So all the way from like asking them on and they say yes to making it easy for them to schedule and not asking too much from them to them coming on your show and giving them a great experience. And what does that mean? Because I've been on a lot of podcasts and there's a clear difference between hosts that give you a good experience and hosts that don't. And it comes down to like, are you a great listener? And if you're in sales, I hope you are, because if you're not, you're probably not very good in sales or you're probably not hitting your quota. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're wondering why, right? You're, you're talking a lot. You're, you're putting a lot of features and benefits out and you're wondering why at the end of the day, it's, it's just not working for you, but. Yeah. And, and, and if you are challenged in that area, like interviewing some people or being a host actually helps you develop that skill more. Right. And so what a good experience as a host looks like really listening well, asking great questions, you know, things like that. So that's how you deliver a good experience. And then the next part is like, are you going to give them content that they're proud to share? Like, are you going to give them a piece that highlights them and elevates them as a thought leader and is pretty awesome, right? So that's kind of furthering the good experience. And then so many podcast hosts drop the ball after the interview. So many, so many. And what I mean 
is, you, you know, just, you just put a lot of pressure on me, but that's okay. Let's, <laughs> let's keep going. I like pressure. I, I have faith that you will not drop the ball on this because we've, we've talked before this. And, and I think that we, um, you know, have a lot of the same thoughts and ideas around relationships and sales and podcasting. So, so, um, but what I mean is a lot of people have somebody on the show and then they never talk to them again. They may or may not send them the content to share. And then that's it. That's the end of the relationship. And it's kind of very transactional, right? Like, Hey, you came on my show. We created a great piece of content. You helped me increase my listenership or downloads. And I got what I want from you. And that's it. Episode 42 printed and or aired and we're good to go. So yeah, let me ask you is what you're, well, I don't want to interrupt, but I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You talked early on, you learned a transactional way of selling, right? And that's how, what most of us learn in the beginning, especially if we got into it more than 15, 20 years ago, when that's pretty much what, what the norm was. You're talking about evolving into something that is not at all transactional, a Mm -hmm. whole different way approach. Mm -hmm. You talked about being authentic and things like that. Mm -hmm. How did that develop? Because that's something that I think every listener needs to really understand. If they're not there, they need to be going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a good question. And and I have probably a, a not very common answer, but you know, I didn't have any mentorship and I didn't, and, and, and this kind of goes back to just kind of how, who I am as a person, like a lot of things are self-taught. Right. And so if I want to learn to be better at something, then I'll seek out and figure it out. Um, and so I started listening to podcasts. I started reading blogs of people that I thought were great. I started reading books. I purchased courses that I could afford, you know, that weren't outrageously ridiculous. And, 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 and that was kind of how I started to, I started consuming particular people's content on social media, you know, LinkedIn particularly, uh, and, and started just following those types of people and consuming the types of content for these people that were thinking about sales more, uh, you know, focused on relationships and helping and serving and adding value and nurturing relationships and not being so transactionally. Um, you know, I learned a lot from, from my friend who's been on my show, Larry Levine. Um, he's got a book selling from the heart and, and, and that's a fantastic book. He puts out tons of great content. Um, and, and I learned a lot from that book. And, um, and, and so it's like people like him and, and, and then just, you know, cause sales, a lot of those skills in sales can be developed or can be taught, you know, like the basic sales process, whatever that looks like for whatever you sell. Um, but to be more confident and have that kind of serving mindset and it's really work on yourself more than your sales skills. Right. And so what I learned over time, as I started to invest in myself personally as well, and in, in personal and professional development is the more that I worked on myself personally, the better I became professionally. I, I like that you talked about that recently on your show with one of your guests and, and it was that mindset that it brought more confidence. And mm-hmm. um, so many people don't realize that they, they run themselves ragged, they're stressed out. Um, one thing I always used to tell a lot of our sellers is whatever's going on personally, 
when you're out there with customers, everything else has to be turned off. Mm -hmm. Well, we're all human beings. So if personally we're not in a good place, it, it's very difficult to turn that off and to turn on the things that you need to. So. Hey listeners, it's Kelly Bloomer here to tell you the show is brought to you by Bloomer Associates. If you visit our website found in your show notes, you'll find we offer sales training, talent assessment for hiring and team development, and individual coaching for sales pros and managers. We bring over 30 years in media sales and leadership experience. If you enjoy listening to OK Boomer, Teach Me Sales, ask how our team can work with your sales team for virtual meetings, roundtables, and motivational seminars. You can contact us through our website or call today, 919-267-9871. Now back to our show. Can you expand a little bit on that? So personally, you're really investing in yourself. It sounds like you're not just showing up at first one in the morning at work and working on weekends. You're reading, you're absorbing content. What are some of the other things that from a personal standpoint got you in that right mindset? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So number one, never stop learning. Never stop learning. I today will cold call for three to five hours a week. I today will sit in a prospecting webinar with my team, you know? And so number one, never stop learning, right? Reading books. I'm an audiobook guy, uh, listening to podcasts, taking courses, going to webinars, you know, following people that, you know, you can learn from. Those are all important pieces, but personal and professional are not as separate as most people think. They need to be very integrated, right? And so if you're struggling at work or you're not hitting quota and you're stressed out and you're pissed off, that's going to affect your family life. That's going to affect your personal life. So, you know, they got to be integrated in, in a better way. And so for me, you know, and, and I talk about this a lot is, is people talk about that. I never even knew that it was referred to this, you know, as the, the golden hour or their morning routine or whatever the case is, people have different things that they call it. And I literally have just picked up little pieces here and there from other people. Some people that have been on my show, I've learned things from them and integrated it. Um, and so I have like a lot of things that I do in order to show up as my best version of myself professionally and, and, and achieve, you know, my goals and success. And so it, it, it's a lot of things. It's eating healthy. It's getting proper sleep. It's, you know, spending time with my family. Uh, it is, you know, meditating on a regular basis, uh, journaling on a regular basis, having some sort of physical activity five days a week. Like these are all things that I do on a regular consistent basis because a lot of people would probably think that I work crazy hours and I don't. I literally work eight hours a day or less sometimes, but I'm in full crush it mode when I'm here. And, you know, I'm home every day by 4.30 to spend time with my family, have dinner, put my kids to bed. You know, I volunteer at my kid's school. I coach baseball. Like I have time to do a lot of things that I enjoy doing. But when I'm here, I'm fully focused and very efficient with my time. And that's really what it's all about. You know, I used to train sales teams and I always would tell them when I'd get a new team, I'm not going to ask you to work any harder or longer than you already are. 
I just want you to be more effective with the time that you're spending because, you know, that it's so important to have those things. And I saw a recent post, uh, you've got a young slugger out there. Are you coaching him? I saw him in his uh, baseball uniform. Yeah. But those are the, those are the important things, right? You know, my, my kids are in their thirties right now. They, they go so fast. doesn't matter how much you make or what you're doing. If, if you're not sharing those moments and enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, 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 you know, so a lot of people, the sooner they can understand that and figure that out and how to integrate the personal and the professional and invest a little bit more in themselves, you know, <laughs> selling does become a lot easier and people might be like, what the heck are you talking about? Right. And, and, and it's true. It, it is true. And, and I know from my own experience and, and, you know, so now if, if we kind of shift back to what we were talking about with the podcast, right? So the podcast allows you to get access to people. And we talked about these messages that, you know, we're all used to seeing these big, long four paragraph LinkedIn DMS with a link to book a meeting. Um, these, you know, spammy emails that are talking about me, my features, my benefits, my logos, my awards, and everything that you don't care about as the prospect. And so what's interesting when you have a podcast, let's say, if you're a seller and you have a target account list and if you don't, you should. And so if you don't, then first go build the list. Okay. And, and, and if you run a bit of an experiment, okay. And I challenge everybody who's listening to, to, to run an experiment, take half of the list and reach out the way you normally would, whatever that looks like. Let's say you're decent at it and you write shorter copy and you add value and you peak interest and, say you're decent at it, then, you know, stick with that. And maybe you might get 10% positive reply where somebody raises their hand and says, I'd love to speak with you about you do what you do and learn more. Um, and that would be if you're good. Yeah. If, if they're getting 10%, I, I want to talk to them because, you know, that would be upping my game right now when I do my cold emails. Well, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here. Okay. You got to be really good. It's probably more like two or 3% if we're being honest. Um, but let's just say you're great. Like you understand cold outreach. You're leveraging multiple channels, phone, LinkedIn, email, and you're doing okay. Take the other half of the list. And you don't even have to have a podcast or video series or I don't know, whatever. Let's say you want to just test this. Say you're going to launch a show, come up with a name for the show and invite those people to come on your show. You know, Hey Tom came across your profile, found this particular thing. Interesting. I would love to have you on my podcast. That simple. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're getting a different reaction. And, and depending on the industry, a lot of those people, they're probably not being asked to be on a podcast every day. So no. that, that's going to get their attention. It's going to catch their attention. What's going to happen is unfortunately or fortunately, it's going to work too well <laughs> because 75, 80, maybe even 90% of those people are going to say yes and come on your show. And then you're going to be figuring out how do I launch a show? <laughs> Then you're, you're doing a Google search and you're looking up sales cast pretty darn quick to say, okay, what, yeah. what do I do now? But 
but you're you're getting the conversation started, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and so so what's interesting and, and let's you know, you know, you're not being dishonest here. You you don't have to have everything figured out for your show. You don't need to have it launched. You don't need to release it right away. You're just you're running an experiment here. Okay. And if you give those people a good experience, like we talked about earlier, right? People remember how you make them feel, right? And if you make them feel good and it was a good experience and they enjoyed talking to you and it was clear that you listened, you asked good questions. At some point, they're going to ask you like, what do you do? And they might want to learn more about that. And typically it's after you record and it doesn't always happen that way. And then there's a ton of things that you can do to add value after, you know, release the content, give them a piece that they're proud of. And, you know, there's ways to outsource that there's, you know, ways to figure it out on your own. There's a lot of fancy tools, you know, you can, you can do it, you know, you can fully do it yourself if you wanted to, or you could, you know, work with somebody like us if, if you don't want to, or, you know, you can, figure it out. All right. And, and so then there's tons of other ways to add value to those people and nurture those relationships. And if you're in sales, you should know how to do that. Uh, and if you don't, then that's a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> we're we're going to run out of time, unfortunately, but you know, it, it brings me up to something I saw you talking about recently, you know, you and your wife started as partners, you said, right? Yeah. So I, I'm assuming a good partnership somebody's holding either each other accountable, but you, somebody's got to hold you accountable to, to want to be out there performing and, and doing well. A lot of sellers, they don't seem to hold themselves responsible. You know, mm. they want to blame the company. They want to have a lot of reasons why they're not growing, why they're not hitting President's Club or whatever they want to do. When you're talking about podcasting and some of the other things, there are so many ways right now a seller can perform and excel just by holding themselves personally accountable. Is that something that, that we need to see more of? Yeah. I mean, I think you got to take a lot of people, you know, if we kind of think about my experience here and I took ownership for my development, right? So a lot of people might say, you know, I don't have the proper leadership support. Um, we're not, you know, the leads suck, what, whatever. The, all kinds of excuses why you're not hitting your personal goals, why you're not hitting the, the goal that the company has, you know, set out for you. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are not being accountable to themselves or waiting for somebody that's going to be accountable for them. Um, and, and so you, accountability is, is a huge piece. But if you're not getting the support from your leadership, um, from the organization that you work for, then go outside and get it because you're responsible for you and nobody else. And if there's excuses, then typically there's something you could have been doing better uh, to hit those goals. And if it's just a really bad situation, then you're responsible to get out of that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're complaining about the same thing for the past three years, um, you, you need to look in the mirror and, and see what's going on. And, and you really can't make excuses these days because there are so many great people that are putting out free courses, webinars, podcasts, you know, like if you want to get better at sales, just generally, 
uh, or learn some of these type of things that we're talking about or learning how to develop relationships or be a better listener or ask better questions or be better in discovery or negotiate. Like there is so there's an abundance of free resources out there so that even if you don't have a budget, you could figure out how to get better at your craft if you wanted to. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned discovery. To me, what you're talking about in the podcast is is really a, a very unique way of, of doing discovery. Sitting down with a business owner, building that relationship, interviewing them, asking a lot of questions and kind of seeing where it goes while you're building up your credibility with them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the trust level with them. Um, I have a feeling that as you develop, before you started the podcast, you were really good at discovery. So were you just a natural bore? Was it, you were very inquisitive or you're very curious, you know, what, what led you to being such a good interviewer and, and to build from that? Yeah, no, I I love that question. I'm very passionate about discovery as, as a stage of the sales process. Um, I learned a lot from, from Keenan and gap selling and, and, and things like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's really just my, my drive and desire to like figure out things. And when you get good at discovery, you start to see things and hear things and ask better questions and connect the dots better. Um, and and those are really important skills for sellers because so many people want to get better at closing, but the problem is, is they're spending their time trying to close deals that probably should have never been in the pipeline in the first place. Mm -hmm. And they think like, I'm not good at closing. And it's no, you're not good at discovery. You're not good at properly qualifying. You're not being disciplined or confident enough to say, Hey, this is not a deal for me. This is not a good fit. You clearly don't see the value or this is clearly not important for you to solve right now. Um, so if people got better at discovery and being curious and asking better questions and asking why and going deeper on things and being more disciplined with, you know, know, just because somebody says they want to move forward and they want pricing doesn't mean you should let them. And that might be a bizarre concept, but so many prospects will ask for pricing just to get you to leave them alone and, 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 and move on. But there's steps that you need to follow in, in a process, you know, before you just let somebody in your pipeline that you might end up spinning your wheels on and never close. And they probably shouldn't have been in your pipeline in the first place. Yep. No, absolutely. And that, um, I got to tell you that the, uh, audience here, um, Bloomer associates for, you don't know the associates are, are two of the nicest pups you're ever going to meet. I've got an overprotective German Shepherd, and I've got a pit bull that's afraid of a cat. So, um, <laughs> but they love when somebody delivers a package to the office here. So, and, and they love good sales conversations. So this. Oh is- yeah, I I think I think they were agreeing with what we were saying there. Absolutely, they they love it, um, and which is good because I've had some guests on, and you don't hear a peep out of them, and and I wonder like, okay, how good a show is that going to be when it when it goes live? But. <laughs> Uh, so, so let me ask you, I know we're going to run out of time shortly. Um, do you have one or two tips that you can share for somebody who's listening that really needs to elevate their sales? Um, you've interviewed so many good people, one or two things that pop Mm. out that, uh, you, you can leave them with. 
I mean, one or two tips, it's hard to pick one or two, honestly, but I would say one tip for sure is whatever your sales process looks like, uh, whether you're using the phone, video conferencing, or both, uh, you need to be reviewing those. And if you're not, you need to start. And I'm not a big sports guy myself. At least I don't, I love going to games. I love playing and I love, you know, coaching my kids, but I don't like watch and follow sports a lot, but those, you know, those professional athletes are definitely reviewing the game tape, whether they won or whether they lost, Mm -hmm. whether they lost or whether they won, they're reviewing the tape to see those every day and they're refining it and they're, they're yeah. So whatever you are doing, whatever your process looks like, make it a habit and be consistent. Don't ever think that you figured it out because there's so many things that you probably have missed or could have drove in a different direction or could have executed a little bit differently to get a different result. And you'll never know that unless you're reviewing those game tapes. Yeah. I I always liked working with a seller. and, And I know from my days, I'd walk out after a sale wondering what I still could have done. You know, I'd be going through Mm. the conversation saying, you know what? I missed this opportunity. I really should have walking out with a sale, but I, I didn't do this the way I should have. And, and I've worked with others that walk out and I could clearly see we're not getting any closer to a sale and they think everything was great. And this was the the best thing ever. So, um, that, that feedback and that little bit of self-awareness is very important. Um, Colin, I know you've got to go. I, I really appreciate your time today. Um, for our listeners, what's the best way for them to follow up with you and, and stay in touch? Yeah, super simple. Um, Sales Hustle podcast on all the platforms. YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you enjoy podcasts, Sales Hustle, uh, that's the best place. Excellent. And and I will warn them, they're probably going to binge listen for the first week or two as they go through, because they're going to have some really cool episodes to to listen to. Uh, What I love when when you and I first talked and I looked, the the number of names, there were some really cool people that I've been connected with or followed on LinkedIn. And I said, I've got, I've got to listen to this show. I've got to listen to it. And, and you, you get to the point uh, as your, your placard behind you says, you, you get stuff done. Uh, the listeners, it's not going to be 90 minutes of fluff. They're, they're going to get things done very quickly on each episode. So uh, I highly recommend it. And, you know, we're going to say goodbye to the listeners for a second, but, but I just want you to know, hang on, because I do have something I need to sell you after this. So I hope you don't mind. Uh, yeah, as long as you execute it properly, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Very good. I call it. Thank you very much. This has been a pleasure and uh, I hope we do this again sometime. Yeah. Thank you. So Tom, is this where we tell everybody about your new book? I think it is Kelly. Um, Teach me sales is a 21 day roadmap to sales success. So if you want to be success in sales, the road to success is always under construction. Map out the best route for the help of a proven sales leader with over 30 years of experience. Tom shares his insights into how to succeed in sales. His 21-day roadmap will help you build the daily habits to not only find your path, but to take the steps necessary to excel and prosper along it. Each chapter is designed to encourage you to commit to that extra degree of effort to invest in yourself and your future along this rewarding and personal journey.
So Kelly, do you think we should share some of the advanced praise for Teach Me Sales? I think we should. Like Jeffrey Gittimore, author of The Little Red Book of Selling, he said, you don't get great at sales in a day. You get great at sales day by day. Teach Me Sales is the daily formula that puts you on the path to a lifetime of selling success. Buy it, read it, implement it. And then David Cottrell, author of Monday Morning Leadership and Quit Drifting, Lift the Fog and Get Lucky, he said, Teach Me Sales is an engaging, entertaining, and enlightening book. Tom Bloomer shares his gift of storytelling, humor, habits, processes, and encouragement to guide you to become a complete, successful salesperson. Invest five minutes a day for 21 days and enjoy your sales and personal growth. You can do it. Thanks, Cal. We are so excited. I hope everyone that's interested enjoys the book. We have a link for the book in our show notes. We look to join you on your sales journey. So that's it. That's today's show. Okay, Boomer, teach me sales. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and follow. We hope you make us a part of your week. And don't forget to share with your friends and coworkers. Should we mention the website? Sure. The website, okboomerteachmesales.com. And where can they engage with us? LinkedIn at Thomas J. Bloomer. We hope to see you there.